The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Marjorie Hook. Marjorie is the Vice President for People and Culture at Openly. Openly, of course, being the home insurance insurtech based in the United States, completely remote first organization. Marjorie, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House. Well, thank you very much, Nick. It's an honor to be here. Marjorie, it's certainly an honor to have you on the show and really looking forward to hearing more about Openly today. Before we get onto that, though, and actually, as we are in the insurance coffee house, it is late in the day here in the UK, but it's quite early there in Colorado. What's your go to coffee of choice today? Having an espresso. It's my favorite appliance in my entire house because it allows me to make great espresso in the morning. <laughs> and I put some chocolate collagen probiotic in it every morning. Very good. Marjorie, you can start off talking about your career. You've certainly not been in insurance across your whole career. What's that journey been like? Maybe you can share with our listeners a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. So I started my career in the Lean Six Sigma field and actually for the first many years did Lean Six Sigma consulting in a number of industries, mostly uh, in technology. And that was great because it gave me a fantastic appreciation for process and data and people. And that was a key first step to where I am today. Throughout your career, sort of moving from consulting and then more into the HR leadership position that you had now what were those steps and what was that experience that brought you into HR leadership you know one of the things that I recognized in my years of consulting was you can have the greatest process and amazing data but at the end of the day you've got to have the convergence of those two things plus the right people in the right roles and so it just gave me such a deep appreciation for people that work for a company how we develop them how we define their roles how we set up their systems of communication and so after many years of really diving deep into the process and data piece of that, I made an intentional decision to pivot toward the people side of things. And that's um, it's a great natural orientation for me anyway. And so I started with a startup about nine years ago in a people function. And so I had a dual role, which was uh, process excellence across the company and company culture. And that grew over time. I just built out more and more components of the people side of the business, and then finally moved into a full-time people role uh, about five years ago and have loved it ever since. Part of this series, our People and Culture series, has been to investigate a little bit more about how particularly fast-growing organizations within insurance go about growing and growing successfully. We interview, we've spoken to a lot of founders, a lot of CEOs of businesses, and they'll make a throwaway comment about how they're going to double in size next year or hire 200 people when they've only got 100 headcount at the moment. But it's the people leaders and really the leaders who are putting in place those processes to make sure that that works and it works successfully. Is that something that you enjoy doing? You mentioned some of the startups you've been involved in. Is that something that you enjoy as those startups look to scale and grow? 
Absolutely. So I have, this is actually my third Series C startup, and I absolutely love this stage of a company's growth because it really is building out just that full foundation uh, so that you can hit the scale button after that and enjoy that because it's still got the process piece, which is always going to be near and dear to my heart. And it's an interesting problem to solve. How do you set up to grow an amazing, strong business with a solid foundation? And that's got to be everything from the technology to the processes to the people that you have working and, and the strategy across the company. And I think the insurance market and the insurance industry as a whole fits perfectly with that. The technology, the data, and the people are really the core elements that make the organizations and the industry work. I know Openly is not a traditional insurance company by any means, very much an insure tech. How have you found working in the world of insurance? Oh, it's fascinating. I have learned an awful lot over the past year plus, but it's wonderful. I think one of the great things about Openly is we are so committed to the policyholder and to the agents through which we do our business and to our employees. And so it's a great marriage of the three. I've learned a lot about kind of how decisions are made, um, how we do our risk underwriting, why that matters so much across the business. And then there's still always an incredibly strong component on customer and agent experience, satisfaction, making sure we're meeting their needs. And so that's more of a traditional focus. And so it's really, um, it's a great combination of those two. Moving on to the business, on to Openly, for some of our listeners who may not have seen or may not have heard the story about Openly and how the business has developed over the last few years, could you give our listeners a snapshot and overview of the current business? It's a great story. So Openly was really just founded in 2017 and uh, was definitely founded by some industry experts. And so we brought a lot of that expertise into the business, but it was a really groundbreaking idea to take an insurance tech focus and build it out through the independent agent network. So we sell our policies through 30,000 independent agents in 21 states, and we will grow that number of states over time. But it's been great for us, and our agents absolutely love us because they know that they're going to have a much easier experience, a better experience. They know that the their policyholders, that they're representing are going to be supported through openly. And so we've got a great deal of customer satisfaction. We have a great relationship with our agents. We spend a lot of time out in the field talking to our agents and really understanding what their needs are and always, you know, having really transparent dialogue with them around what we might be able to do better and how we can improve that partnership. Very traditional distribution model, obviously, but giving those agents the technology and the tools and the way of making their lives easier, making it possible for them to do more business, for them to serve their customers better. And I'm sure as the insurance world keeps evolving and keeps updating, that you'll see more and more agents who are looking for that technology and are yearning for that technology so they can serve their customers better as well. Absolutely right. They want an easy experience that they can rely on because that's their reputation and they know they can come to openly for that. And I know the core line of business is home insurance and the business itself, you are very much a remote first business. So I think all of your employees are based remotely. How have you found growing the business over the, you know, since 2017? How has the business evolved and developed working in a remote first environment? 
That is definitely one of the most exciting things about our business. We have grown to the point now where we have employees in 43 states, which is absolutely amazing. So we are spread out across the country. It gives us the ability to have a regional perspective, regional presence. It's been a lot of fun just in this past year, you know, because we are remote and we're always looking for improved opportunities for connection at our employees to see where the concentrations of our employees are. Next year, we're actually rolling out something that we call culture hubs. So those are specific locations where we have concentrations of employees uh, that can meet up periodically for some bigger events that we might do just so that they have that added layer of connection. Um, and so that's been a lot of fun. And we're, we're always looking for ways to keep employees across 43 states really knitted together, um, both you know on a personal standpoint and a, from a professional standpoint. And I know the area that you'd like to discuss a bit more today is about how that works in practice and, and the benefits of that, but also some of the initiatives that you're putting in place there to really benefit the employees as they do work remotely. I was going to ask you, what do you think is the key thing or the key factors that make working remotely and growing a business remotely successful? We're all very committed to staying connected. And so we do that in a number of different ways. We have some very traditional ways, like we spend a lot of time on Slack. So we've got the Slack channels that are specifically business oriented, and we've got Slack channels that are a little bit more on the personal or fun side. So people can find those levels of connection. Uh, we're very careful about how we meet and when we meet and you know who is in the various meetings, making sure to start most of those with some type of an icebreaker so that there's always a connection side uh, to what we're doing as we're sharing the important business objectives and making decisions. We do various fun events. We try to give a lot of exposure to our team. So they may come in and present at all hands. We've done some really interesting things this year. We've started doing uh, monthly employee spotlights so we can highlight what's happening in the various departments and, and certain roles across the organization. And we are really working right now on storytelling. So I have someone that works for me in an internal communications capacity, and she has been working with the employee spotlights. She is uh, right now working on a piece where she's taken all of the people that we have in various operational excellence roles and pulled them together so we can tell the story of what operational excellence looks like at Openly. And so that's great. So that's another layer of connection. They're not all on the same team, but they are all supporting operational excellence across the business. And then another uh, project that she's got teed up for right now is really finding a creative way to tell the story about the engineering side of our business. So a lot of that you know, happens in the background. And if you're not looking for it, you may not know a lot about it, but it's a real key to our success. And so she's working with our engineering team right now to find you know, a creative way to tell a story without being, you know, overly complex on the technical side, but so that our employees and anyone external who's listening can appreciate how technology really drives our business. I think that's a great point because I think it's always been really important to have an engaged workforce who understand the nuts and bolts of the business and how the business actually works, how it actually benefits the customers, what the missions are and what the drivers are. That is clearly more challenging in a remote environment people can be head down and focus on their particular role without seeing the bigger picture there i think that's great you know wellness and well-being is certainly been an issue since the pandemic certainly with remote working with people having different working environments how have you gone about ensuring that the employees are looked after as best as possible and their wellness is front of mind 
That's something we've really been focusing on a lot this year in particular. Mm-hmm. And so we've done a couple of things. Uh, we started a Be Well program. And so that is a monthly stipend that goes to employees to spend on any kind of wellness-related activity. So it could be a membership to a gym, it could be a ski pass, it could be massages, meditation sessions, I mean, anything that appeals to our employees, but they are, you know, they have a monthly stipend to submit that. Um, We've also been doing a really interesting series of panels, largely stemming from our DEI initiative, but the one that we're doing in December is on managing holiday stress because that's a real thing. And when you're in any kind of a stressful environment and your employees are remote, there's an added challenge there because they don't have that in-person outlet that you, you may have in an office environment. So we're doing an event, some education around managing holiday stress. We also have a, a mental health expert coming in to talk to the entire company in January, just on looking for the signs and symptoms of any kind of mental distress, what you can do about it. Obviously, things that you can do on the front end to prevent that, but certainly being aware of signs and symptoms when you see that. We survey our employees. We do uh, various engagement surveys, and we try to stay very close to them through our business partners and uh, through talking with our leaders to understand whether or not we've got any examples of burnout or if we're seeing a dip in motivation anywhere so that because we know that, you know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire and we want to get those signals early so we can do something about it. We also have an incredibly positive culture. And so I think a lot of our employees just feel very energized coming to work. Even though you're talking to someone through Zoom, I think our employees feel very supported from our executive team, you know, all the way throughout the organization with their peers. And I think that goes a long way. Feedback very well to your point earlier of staying connected. I think from a well-being perspective, it's so important to be connected with your employees wherever they're based in a country. And like you say, you can just open up your laptop and be connected with someone over Zoom or across multiple technology platforms. I also I really like the idea of ski passes as a benefit. I think that's pretty cool. Obviously, depending on where you're based, <laughs> some parts of the country less so than others, but I'm sure. For you up there in Colorado, that's a great benefit as well and should certainly be encouraged. Has building a remote team, a remote workforce, do you feel that that helps to build a more diverse and inclusive culture within the organization? I definitely do because we will hire from from any state. And so we don't have geographical limitations or anything of that sort. And so I do think that goes a long way. And, you know, our employees realize that when they come in, they are, because we do have a strong commitment to DEI, they are going to be recognized and celebrated and appreciated and, you know, bring your full self to work. Thank you for that, Marjorie. And in particular, do you have any particular initiatives or anything that's particularly working well for the company there in respect of DNI that you'd like to share with us today? Absolutely. This has been a great year for us. We actually built out our DEI program this year. We started with a panel for International Women's Day. So we had 10 female leaders across the business uh, who came and really just talked about their experiences, what it's like to be a female in the workplace and tips. And that was so incredibly well-received. I got a lot of inspiration from that. And then we did a similar thing for Pride. So we did a Pride panel and just incredibly well-attended and so appreciated across the business. And, you know, we're constantly getting reminders and affirmation that our employees, they want to know everyone's authentic self. Like it's important because it's all part of our collective identity. And there's such a a great degree of respect and appreciation for that. 
So that's been working so well for us. We formed a DEI committee. Six people volunteer to be on our DEI committee, which has added a seven. We created a charter and they're really taking it and running with it. So one of the things that I love about it is although we started the DEI initiative through the people team, it's actually being owned across the business right now by people that are passionate for it and, and volunteering their time to make it a success. I think those initiatives are really good. And obviously for people who are working within the organization and, and the culture you're building there, is there anything that you're doing consciously in terms of hiring to making hiring processes unbiased to making that hiring process as inclusive as possible? We contracted this year with a software provider that actually goes in and looks at our job descriptions to make sure that those are written with fully inclusive language. And so, you know, over time, we're, we're building up that level of expertise internally, but that's been fantastic. We certainly track our diversity metrics, you know, from the top of the funnel all the way through who comes in through the business. And the great news there is, I think it's partly because we're remote, but diversity coming in from the top of the funnel sort of mirrors what we have across the business, which is fantastic. Marjorie brings us nicely on to the espresso round now where the questions are short, sharp and to the point. You've got your espresso there. I've got my espresso here. You ready for the espresso round? Let's do it. The espresso round. Marjorie, what would be the one piece of advice you'd have for someone coming into interview there at Openly? I would say just be yourself. I think when you come in and you're very authentic in an interview, you have a good opportunity to show up as who you are. The company gets to really learn who you are. You know, we'll always, you know, vet and understand the skills and the experience piece. But, you know, who you are as a person matters a lot here at Openly. So I would say bring your true self. That links so well with what you're just talking about there, actually, about having an inclusive culture that that should then allow people as part of that hiring an interview process to really express that and show their true self. Because I know certainly if people can't see that from the outside when they are interviewing, there can be caution, there can be, you know, people might hold things back. So the fact that you're so open and transparent about that, I think that really allows that to be the case, I'm sure, at interview. Looking across at your contemporaries and your peers now, so other HR leaders across the industry, what would you be your advice to them for hiring great quality talent to an organization? I think the most important part starts with your talent management plan. Make sure that you have really vetted the position that you're looking for. Is it really what you need? Is it clearly defined? Do you clearly have the skills and any intrinsic qualities well-defined so that you can start your search in the right way? And then take the time through the interview process. You know, I think we're all very busy. And if, you know, like a 30-minute interview sometimes doesn't give you the ability to really understand the candidate or give the candidate enough time to really interview you and understand your business. And so really you have to put in the time up front. You have to put in the time through the interview process. And then once again, just to be transparent, we, you know, when you're hiring someone, you may want to make sure that it's a win-win. And so you've got to take the time to make sure that's a win on both sides. Exactly. Making it a win-win and, and understanding that it's not the right fit for everybody as well. And by being transparent so that you're not trying to just attract anyone and bend and you know, be flexible for anybody actually showing, you know, these are our values and this is the way that, you know, we like to work. And that might not be right for everybody, but then it is a true win-win when it is the right partnership i think candidates really appreciate that and they certainly can see that what would you say is the most important thing for you when selecting an external recruitment partner to help you with hiring 
If we're working with an external agency, we want to make sure that it is someone who is very responsive, has a great network, is really going to take the time to fully understand what we're looking for, is a great communicator. Because as you know, sometimes the interview process has peaks and valleys and uh, we make sure that we're talking very regularly. Someone that has a deep enough understanding about our business to accurately represent that. Someone who is really talking to people and screening for the kinds of things that are going to be right for us when someone comes in the door. Final question at the Espresso Round. You mentioned earlier about the tool that you use for the job adverts in terms of writing in an unbiased way. Are there any tools, any piece of technology that you're finding particularly helping you hire high quality people? We use LinkedIn. We use a couple of branding tools like Fairy God Boss. We just actually moved our onboarding uh, over to Greenhouse. And so we're actually doing Greenhouse recruiting and all the way through onboarding, which creates a really seamless experience for our candidates through coming in the door. I'm very happy with our tech stack, actually. We talk a lot about it. We make sure that we're getting the best in the business and that whatever we are looking at from a tech stack standpoint is going to have the integration capability to make all of our uh, internal operations as seamless as possible. I'm so happy to hear that because we work with so many tech-based companies who it's so important to show the candidates that from the outset, that's their first opportunity to see you, to learn about you, to experience, you know, the way that openly goes about working. So having that tech stack in place and really walking the walk as well as talking the talk. And I really think candidates certainly appreciate that when they're looking to partner with a high-tech business. Marjorie. We're almost at the end of our time today. Time has certainly flown by very, very quickly. Before we go, though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And if there are some people out there now interested in opportunities openly, what's the best way of them reaching out to you? So if they want to reach out to us, you can reach out through your network or you can come in through the more traditional channels if you're interested in working here. If I were just to give advice to anyone, I would say really try to find the joy in every day. We're all going to work for a living, but but try to find the joy in everything that you do because it uh, makes your day more delightful, allows you to give back to your colleagues and to anyone that you work with externally and leaves you with a smile at five o'clock. It's great. It's 5.30 here now, so I'm certainly going to be leaving with a smile on my face today. Marjorie, thank you for that. Certainly, the joy radiates from you, and I think that's a great message to finish on today, a really inspiring message to finish on. So, Marjorie, thank you so much for your time. It's been great to have you in the Insurance Coffee House today. I look forward to seeing how you progress, but how openly progresses as well as a company. That's fantastic. Well, thank you for this opportunity. It was great. Love to talk about openly, so, um, so thank you. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.